Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Jody Raspis from Lexington, Kentucky. Jody and I had, I guess you could call it a little bit of a disagreement over the Brittany Griner situation. And it, it, it kind of prompted me to have us record this episode where we could try to hash out some of these types of views and conversations. Really, a Make America Great Again, uh, you know, MAGA. Donald Trump Republican side from Jody versus my side, which would be, um, you know, more of the libertarian or anarchist type of uh, uh, viewpoint. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by, I guess you could say a longtime friend, Jody Raspis. Jody and I met each other, I believe it was maybe 2014 or 2015. We were both doing a stand-up comedy set here in Louisville, Kentucky. Jody, does that sound about right? Maybe 2014 or 15? Yeah, it was sometime in that time frame. I'd say probably 2015 would be my best guess. But yeah, some, about five or six years ago. Okay, and of course, we connected on social media at that time. And we've kind of been at least communicating to some degree ever since. Jody, I don't think, would be offended by me describing... You, Jody, as, as being a, uh, a Republican, you're, you're proud to be an American. You're proud to, uh, to be a Trump supporter. That's who you are, right, Jody? Yeah, that's a fair, uh, accurate characterization. Okay. And being that Jody and I have went back and forth, uh, interacted with, with political topics over the years, there was a, a, a couple recent interactions 
that I've had online, which have led to kind of prompted me to have Jody on the show. And I was thinking it'd be kind of cool. I wouldn't call it necessarily a debate, but I do think it's important uh, to kind of talk these these types of topics out. So if it's all right, I'll give my my description of the post that this episode is devoted to. I identify as a libertarian. Admittedly, I lean more to the right than to the left. Based on what you've seen from me, Jody, it appears I do lean at least a little bit more to the right than the left, right? Oh, yeah, I would say so. Definitely. Okay. So, But, but at the same time, I, I do consider myself to be actually an anarchist. So I'm, I'm the type of guy who says all government is bad. Every government in the United States is evil. Every government overseas is evil. All that fun stuff. So that's my stance. Uh, but I do believe in private property rights. And so I'm not like an anarcho, like communist or anything like that. I, I definitely am more, if you had to say, I'd be more to the right. But a, a topic that came up recently is... Of course, Brittany Griner, arguably one of the most famous female basketball players in the world, played for Baylor College uh, years ago and then has been in the WNBA and playing overseas ever since. So very popular, very tall female basketball player, American, African-American, Brittany Griner was playing over in Russia. And she decided to take some marijuana pens, so like some THC pens through the airport, and she got caught doing so. Long story short, she's now been in jail in Russia for I think it's about a year now, and then just a few days ago, or last week I believe, she was sentenced to nine years in prison. Now, full disclosure, Brittany Griner, in my opinion, much like I would say about someone like Colin Kaepernick, or even LeBron James, a lot of these famous, very popular athletes, I do not agree with their politics at all. I just don't, okay? I think there's an entire narrative, and it's basically socialism that's prompted by, like, Black Lives Matter, and I think it's bad for our country and definitively evil. I have a special spot in my heart for that being my wife is from Cuba, and that's the exact same type of rhetoric that the Cuban regime used to take over, and really every socialist regime uses, is we're working for the the disenfranchised, the little man, the working man, but in reality, what they do is they exploit even further the most underprivileged people in society, look no further once again than my wife's family to prove that, but that's an off, that's an aside rant, so the, the post I made was actually, despite me disagreeing with Brittany Griner politically about probably everything I've ever heard her fucking say, um, I did make a post saying she does not deserve to be in jail. And the reason I said that is because she didn't hurt anyone. She wasn't trying to hurt anyone. She wasn't forcing anyone to use drugs. I don't even think she was using this marijuana and then driving. So I I don't even know how a case could be made that she was putting anyone else's life in danger. So when it comes to political conversations, I think it's very important to try to be principled. If you think uh, uh, marijuana is relatively harmless, especially compared to alcohol, uh, as I do, um, then, then I don't think someone should be locked in a fucking cage for it. So I made a post saying... 
Brittany Griner does not deserve to be in jail, not for a single day. And of course, many of my uh, more like Republican-minded friends on the right came out and disagreed with me on this stance. I, I stand firm on my original post, which once again was Brittany Griner was not trying to do anything violent. Therefore, there's no possible angle ever that I would defend the fact that she's locked up for not even hurting anyone. And of course, Jody, you probably agree with, with to a degree with some of the things I just said, but if it's all right, Jody, could you give your summary of uh, your response to my statement specifically about Brittany Griner? Yeah, well, there's definitely among the classic Republicans' viewpoints that this is some kind of... Uh, classic retribution that, you know, she didn't want to respect the country she's in, so she deserves to be punished because she put herself in a situation where a country will not give you the same freedoms. Me, personally, although, like, I agree with you, I don't agree with her politics, I'm not on the stance that I think that the law of her being in prison for nine years for having the marijuana pits is a good law. I would say that my stance particularly involves two ideas. One being that I am not a fan of the entire affluent, I don't have to obey the laws because I'm a famous celebrity or I'm rich or I have some sort of inside leverage. Now the laws don't apply to me. And this is something that in American society especially is very rampant. And I would say that a lot of outsiders, especially people not in Western nations, resent Western nations like the United States and the United Kingdom that we don't believe we are we can be held responsible to their laws, and we don't even believe we should be held responsible to laws in our country. And I would say my second point of where I really stand on this is the fact that the people in government want to use this as some sort of anti-Russian propaganda more so than I actually believe they want to bring Brittany Griner safely back home to the United States. Russia is a sovereign nation. Russia can dictate whatever laws that they find fit. Of course, I'm not trying to legitimize any state or government by saying this. I'm just being a realist that they do have a law that says that this is something that they have the power to do. They are operating within the structure of their own written laws. I do not see her as a political prisoner. I see her more as someone who didn't take the responsibility of knowing that she plays basketball, or more precisely, she's employed in a country with less guaranteed freedoms than the United States. She should take responsibility for the fact that she knowingly put herself in jeopardy. Okay, and that makes sense. I think at its core, 
once again, it's important, at least in my mind, and I'm sure you don't disagree with this, to, you know, I, I personally, let's say I live the rest of my life in the United States, I will try to avoid getting arrested, even for laws that I think are dumb, because I'm selfish, and it's okay to be selfish. I want to be a good father to my kids. You know, I've got three kids, a wife. You know, I've got people depending on me. I want to, and I want to selfishly lead a good life. So I will try try to avoid going to jail at all costs. Um, but I do think it's important to be very aware of the historical implications of supporting something just because it's a law. Um, you, Jody, you're an educated guy. You could probably, you know, recite to me in Nazi Germany or communist, uh, you know, the Soviet Russia, um, that there would be ridiculous laws. For example, in 1933, the Holodomer in Ukraine, they made it illegal for peasants who were uh, cultivating this grain to eat any of the grain that they created themselves. It was illegal for them to even have a little bite of it. And there were signs all across the Ukrainian cities saying, it is illegal for you to eat your own children. So people were literally starving to death just to feed Moscow. They were taking the grain from Ukraine and giving it to Moscow to present this uh, idealized notion of a socialist utopia and how great everything is in Moscow. And in Ukraine, they had these ridiculous laws. Now, I know you're not supporting those laws, Jody, but can you at least see the parallel that I'm trying to describe here? Whereas if you, in to any degree, you support some law, which is kind of just bullshit. I mean, there's no reason to have a law if it's not hurting anyone, um, that it could potentially be a slippery slope at some point to the people who said, you know, I'm sorry, it's, um, it's illegal for Jewish people to come into this store here in Germany, it, whatever year that happened, those types of things. Now, I know that's a leap, but Jody, what are your thoughts on that? Is there a possible slippery slope argument to that type of thing? Well, this would be a great place to sort of expand on. So, I am a self-proclaimed Republican, but I actually share many libertarian beliefs in the core of the belief, but I'm also a realist. Okay, I don't agree with government. This is what I would say. Every government is authoritarian. There's not a government that exists that doesn't need authority, declare its own authority, and exercise its own authority over its citizens. I would say that marijuana should not be considered a Schedule One drug. It's not harmful in any amount of use in a physiological aspect. It doesn't harm the body. And, of course, I don't want to be someone here to legitimize any law, any regime, or any government, that I would say we very much agree that government is not here for your freedom, at least in the beginning they may have been or they may have portrayed this, but the longer a system is in place, the more so the leverage goes towards the system 
and not what the system is built for. So when you think about Brittany Griner's situation, I don't agree at all that nine years in prison is equivalent to having a couple of marijuana pits. But when you have a government and you have an authoritarian system, you have to, if you're going to be a fair system, meaning people can look at this and they can't resent you for taking privilege for one person and not another person, if you have a no-tolerance system of laws, then unfortunately when you're someone like Brittany Griner, being the, like you said, not harming other people, not going to cause any wrongdoing to other people, but because you broke the laws that the system dictated were needed, now you are subject to the punishment that the system dictates fits the crime they dictate. And, and of course, that makes sense. I guess at its core, what I'm saying is, I think the idea of locking someone up even for 10 minutes behind bars. So I'm taking this to an extreme. For 10 minutes, putting them into a cell for marijuana is completely immoral, regardless of which country it's in. You know, I could take this to some extremes. The more the more radical I've become, admittedly, um, down my whatever you want to call it, anarchist path, uh, the more that I'm confident saying these types of things. So, I mean, I get it. There are laws in that country. And like I said, I would, I would personally try to avoid being arrested in Russia at all costs. Um, th- th- this case just represents something to me that's so unique because she was not driving in Russia. I don't think she was doing anything violent at all. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, she should be treated that differently than anyone in Russia. I'm not saying that the poor person in Russia who gets put in prison for nine years, uh, they're not as important as Brittany Griner or someone in the United States who's not famous. They're not as important. I'm saying I'm using this as an example. I chose this strategically because I know her political views are so polarizing and, quite frankly, in my opinion, so fucking horrible that I think it's a good opportunity. It reminds me of the Jewish organizations in the 1950s and 60s. In the United States, there were these Jewish or Jewish organizations that would picket and they would go out and they would support the free speech rights of Nazis in the United States. They were Jewish people, their family and them. They had escaped from... Uh, uh, you know, Nazi Germany, but they believed in free speech so much they would go out, they would pick it, and they would support at all costs the free speech rights. I think this conversation we're having, Jody, could be applied very well to Elon Musk buying Twitter. Um, so much of the censorship that occurs today, I think it's important to be principled and consistent when going both ways. Once again, I'm not saying... Because Brittany Griner's famous, or because Joe Biden wants her out of prison in Russia, or because LeBron James wants her out of prison in Russia, or anything like that. I'm saying, at its core, it is completely immoral for someone to be locked up for doing something 
that is completely not violent and a victimless crime at all costs. Of course, I chose her in this case because it is so polarizing. And I know I'm just kind of rehashing some of the same same things. But what do you think of those parallels with the, the free speech? Like Elon Musk takes over Twitter right now. Okay. I hope he lets Trump back on. He's already let Jordan Peterson back on. I don't know if Jordan Peterson will come back on to Twitter. Um, but if he starts to ban, let's say he bans Bernie Sanders or AOC from Twitter. I would like to think I would stand up and say that's wrong. That's immoral. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, for morality, say, I have always been a very supportive in the ideology of uh, countries that have a system in place that do not imprison people for nonviolent crimes. So we do have much common ground in the sense that I don't agree with imprisonment for nonviolent crimes. I do not necessarily view marijuana also as being a dangerous drug, as many people that are out there may disagree with me on that. I don't see it as a dangerous drug. I would not feel the same way to say that I don't, I find uh, cocaine or heroin or methamphetamine in the same light if you were trafficking that distributing it, manufacturing it, or any type of involvement in the process of it becoming available to substance abuse addicts, I would not agree that those people shouldn't be punished with crimes because in that perspective, they are committing violence because they're harming the people through the drugs, whether it's direct or indirect. But in the viewpoint of marijuana, I don't consider marijuana to be a drug, first of all, because it's not manufactured. It's just a growing plant that if you light it on fire and inhale it, then you feel better. So I don't necessarily view marijuana as being dangerous. And in this circumstance, I would not agree at all with anyone that is involved with marijuana so much so as they weren't you know involved with children acquiring marijuana and there's a certain thing to be said about standing against laws that you don't agree with and I think there was a either Thomas Paine or Thomas Jefferson quote that when a government is tyrannical and lawless, and the laws are just, you know, abrasive to the people, then rebelling against the laws is actually your duty. So I, there is much to say that I don't mean to ever put a line on we should just obey laws that are wrong. That is something we both tremendously agree with. However, as a realist and someone that understands the world in a much deeper way than most common people, once 
you see the world for what it is, you do realize, even as someone, as you would say, you're now a very anarchist-type feeling person. If you saw everything in my perspective, the way that I've begun to see the world, you would start to realize that a government authority has to exist because people will make it exist. I don't see any place in the world where you can have true freedom because in every part of the world there is a system that's created not for helping people but for controlling them. And when you think about things like that, you do have to take certain, I don't know what the right word is, there's certain things that you do have to abide by not because you submit to the authority, but because you're smart enough to not fall into the trap of the authority. Okay. And I agree. All across the world, there are governments. Um, of course, I, being that, that I identify as a, an anarchist and a complete anarchist, I don't believe in the legitimacy of any government at all. I would contend that even though that is reality, and I admit it is reality, that does not make it moral, unless it's all voluntary. That I know that's a different topic. I'm opening up a different can of worms, but what I'm saying is, absent of pedophilia, rape, theft, destruction of property, you know, any type of violence, whatever your definition of violence, if I'm doing anything negative to someone else, or even just being reckless. I could, I could hear an argument for you can't smoke marijuana and then drive. I can get, I can, you know, I can argue or I could uh, uh, digest that. Regardless of any justification based on history or the present um, state of things all across the world, Regardless, at its core, it's immoral to ever do something to lock someone in a cage where they're not harming someone else. That's, I guess that's what I come back to. Um, and I know we're kind of uh, spinning in circles now, Jody. I plan on voting. Okay, I'll tell you this. Just because this is a fascinating conversation and we don't have a bunch of time left. In 2016, I bought into the Trump rhetoric. He was going to drain the swamp. He was going to, he called out Jeb Bush on, uh, you know, he said, your brother lied us into war. He was pointing in the crowd at the Republican National Convention saying, Jeb, I know that's your donor and that's your donor. I know all these guys. And it appeared Donald Trump was calling out a lot of the bullshit within the establishment, even Republican Party. And so I, I bought in, I voted for Trump. But at the end of the, the Trump Four years, even before COVID, I noticed that the Trump administration had not drained the swamp. They had actually made the government larger than anyone prior. And I know every president does that. I get it. But that still does not mean that it's something that's consistent with my principles at all. So long story short, Jody, when it came time for 2020, I voted for the third party candidate. I voted for the libertarian. 2024, I hope to vote for the Libertarian candidate again, probably Dave Smith. I will not vote for Trump. He lied. He said he was going to drain the swamp. He was going to make the, the, the government smaller. Uh, 
And he did the opposite of that, especially after COVID. I mean, he shattered all the spending records ever. And he mocked Thomas Massey when Massey tried to stand up against the CARES Act. So, I mean, I, I cannot hear an argument where uh, Trump is for limited government. I just, I'm not buying it. So I guess my question to you while we're doing this episode today, because it's a fascinating conversation, is what do you think of my analysis and my justification for I voted for Trump in 2016, but not 2020, definitely not 2024? Well, this kind of goes back into what we were just talking about, actually. First of all, like I said before, there's no morality to government. Government is only necessary as it tells you it is necessary. It exists only because it tells you it needs to exist. Government will continue to grow, get larger. There's no feasible way that you could make government smaller because people believe it's necessary. It's kind of like I tell people this all the time. When there is a need created, that is how that you generate money. So if there's a problem, that means someone will be paid to either fix it or that you believe the problem's been alleviated. As far as Trump goes, I can't recall that Trump ever... Now, this may be something that I not remember correctly. I never viewed Trump as someone that was going to necessarily make government smaller in a way that libertarians would find productive, but draining the swamp was more so to do with not necessarily changing Washington in terms of going back and sort of like you would think of Ronald Reagan was very much against the way that Washington was set up. I would say that Trump was more so trying to remove people who did not serve the interests of Americans rather than changing the government system as it is. Now, again, I'll tell you that I agree with many libertarian policies, but the reason I would never vote libertarian is because I do not actually see them as realists. Not even in their policy, but I don't believe that they actually really understand why the two-party system exists. And that, unfortunately, what really was exposed in 2020 is that government will conspire against you. Actually, this is something that Edward Snowden proved with WikiLeaks. The Democratic National Convention of 2016 was proven that it was rigged for Hillary Clinton. What people are seeing is an illusion of choice in many aspects. I don't know how far this goes in the Republican Party, but I'm sure there are Republicans who also exploit voting in ways where they can vote themselves into power, where they can choose candidates that they want, and people are completely oblivious to it. What I would say to you is, if you want change to happen in terms of livability, if you want to be able to afford groceries and utilities and actually have a reasonable cost of living, I would vote for Trump because realistically, Trump 
will be the nominee in the Republican Party. Trump's policies made cost of living go down. It aided people who were lower to middle class Americans actually live a life that's reasonable. Libertarians are the people that you identify with and many policies that you agree with. My only reservation with voting for a libertarian is the simple fact that I view the Libertarian Party as sort of the, okay, so yeah, the Libertarian Party and third parties in general I view as being sort of the bottom of the barrel, meaning that they are the most exploited. If there is any type of voter fraud or voter manipulation, third party candidates are the first one. And jo Jody, I'm sorry, Jody, we, 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 you are breaking up. Do you have signal where you're at? They're yeah. the first one. Do you, Jody, whoever the establishment system? Do you have, do you have signal where yeah, you're at? Yeah, uh, I got like. Yeah, it is probably going between like uh, one to three bars. Kind of. Uh, I think I was in a bad area, but it looks to be a little bit better right now. Okay. Well, if you want to give another about five second moment of silence and then pick up and kind of restart that. I'm sorry. It all got fucked up. So it's all good. Restart whenever you're ready. So I view the Libertarian Party, but mostly all third party candidates as unrealistic options because of the amount of voter fraud that I see that happens within the system of government that is legally allowed because there's not the checks and balances in our voting process that would actually give us truly legitimate results. I remember there was a study, I think I shared it with you, where they were actually, it was a county in Michigan where they had, the election officials self-proclaimed that there was a mistake that gave Biden approximately I think it was eight or 9,000 votes that were supposed to go to Trump. Now, they did a, what's the correct word, an analytical forensic analysis of this county, and they found that Joe Jorgensen was actually the lead vote-getter in 10 out of 12 of the districts in this big county. And when I think about things like this, I don't see the Libertarian Party challenging votes. I don't see them taking votes to court. And unfortunately, because the American government system isn't fair, that, that really doesn't give me much confidence that they could win in an election. And as you see in 2020, how many people said they didn't want to vote for Trump or Biden? Yet, you don't see this reflected in the amount of votes libertarian candidates received, which is illogical when you consider that these people, did they just stay home and do nothing? Did they say, I'm just going to vote for nobody? Or are they voting independent like their independent status says, but it's not going to an independent candidate, which I really have started to believe that 
There's a reason independent candidates never gain traction, because if nobody believes people will vote for them, it's easy to take their votes. And if there's a popular one, that means that you're just going to take a substantial lead against your opponent. And maybe that seems like a conspiracy theory. Maybe that's not something people can buy into, but I would say that we know people have questioned elections in the United States for a long time. Many people will not believe, including myself, that the 2020 election was anything that could be called legitimate election, a legitimate democracy. It was a farce of a legitimate process. So if I were voting, even as a libertarian, registered libertarian, knowing these things, it's hard to justify giving that vote considering I didn't see libertarian, uh, prominent libertarians making any claims that we need fairer elections. Have you seen this by anyone like Spike Cohen or any prominent libertarians speaking out against the illegitimate election practices that happen no, in America. No, I haven't really. I mean, uh, 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 it seems to be the consensus among libertarian people I talk to that, sure, some corruption uh, probably exists, but, you know, I, and I include myself in that. Even the Dinesh D'Souza, what is it, 2000 Mules thing, I don't know. I, I believe that maybe it was corrupted, but I'm not going to say definitively like my father would or I assume you would that that election was stolen from Trump. I won't say that. So you're right. Libertarians don't call for that. Same way I wouldn't call for the Hillary getting the election stolen from her in 2016. I see them as being similar. Well, one thing that you have to think about is that the Democratic Party wants elections to be nonsense. Their policies that they want to incorporate include not having to identify yourself as a citizen in an election. They don't want to remove dead voters from voter rolls. Actually, what is one thing that was very eye-opening to me were how many Democrat-run monopolies who sued over not removing dead voters from voter rolls. And when you consider they believe that it's acceptable to send out millions of ballots that really aren't legitimate ballots. But why would you send out millions of ballots and spend money on them if they're really not legitimate? They're really not going to a registered voter. They're showing up in thousands to places where people aren't living. The Democratic Party does not want fair elections. In fact, you can see it in the legislation that Biden said was the most important legislation when he took office was to push election changes that would remove voter ID as something that is necessary. They would block you from removing dead voters from voter rolls and cleaning voter rolls. And what I would say to you is, why would it be of anyone's benefit to keep dead people as registered voters unless you plan to use those identities in an election. And when you consider these things are being brought to court and they're suing for their rights to keep these things legitimate, that doesn't tell me they are here for a fair process. 
that tells me they're willing to fight for a process that they can manipulate and control. And when you see the fact that there are people who expose that thousands of dead people were voting, and this isn't just 1,000 people, because if they're manipulating the process, they're going to do it in a means to win the election. They're not going to do it for a small portion. They're, they're going to do it to the numbers that actually will change an election. So from that perspective, when I see that they're suing to not allow transparency, they're suing to not allow an inquiry, that tells you that there's an illegitimate process because transparency would be the key to anyone believing in an election. But when you fight against transparency, in any context, that makes me think you are a criminal. What would you say to that? That's fair. I haven't seen the exact uh, proof where the, the Democrats are saying that dead people should be registered to vote and things like that, if that is in fact true. Now, don't get me wrong, Jody. I'm not saying, oh, don't question the legitimacy of the Democratic Party. They, they care about the little man. You know, um, they're very, they, they, they have integrity. I would certainly not say that. So I, I don't doubt that maybe some super shady shit happened. I'm just saying I haven't personally seen exact definitive evidence of the, the uh, election being stolen. Now, I guess, you know, if I watch that movie with the, the Dinesh D'Souza movie, um, and, and I have seen many clips from that and different things. So I guess it could happen. I don't know. I guess I just don't want to come out and say, definitively, I think the election was stolen. I don't, I don't know why. I, I have removed myself from being on the team, MAGA or Republican, so I'm kind of trying to separate myself from that entirely, and I do not know for sure, so I'm not going to claim that it's 100% true, but I don't doubt that if someone is saying we need to, all of a sudden, we, ha we need to have mail-in ballots, we're going to change the rules for the first time ever, I mean, that does sound shady. I, I don't disagree with you on a bunch of these things. I just don't know about the definitive claims that it was stolen. But, Jody, I really I know that, that we're um, cutting it close on time here. Before we wrap up the episode, do you have any closing words of wisdom? And also, if someone's interested in hearing from you, I know you've got a Twitter account and you've got some different social media, social media uh, accounts. How could someone listening hear more from you, Jody? And also, as I said, what are your closing words of wisdom? Yeah, Twitter would be the best space at Jody, J-O-D-Y, Brody, B-R-O-D-Y 22 is my Twitter handle. Uh, my last words of wisdom before leaving this episode, I would say that I learned much of what I view the world from Sherlock Holmes. I would tell people, question everything that you're told. Don't believe things based on only words. Look at everything. Investigate everything because people don't want the truth to be found. People like you to be lost in the world that they create. And if you want to bring down the system, if you want to be an anarchist or view things you know, in that light, the first step is to ignore any sort of mainstream rhetoric and form your own opinions and your own thoughts that are not just going to be basically 
a sort of mouthpiece to some establishment system message. Great stuff. I, I would certainly agree with that, Jody. We'll have to do another episode uh, like this at some point again in the future. Uh, have a great rest of your day, Jody. Thank you. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon. 